conversation. Like that's what I like when I'm listening to podcasts when they have like a 10 to 20 minute conversation before the intro even comes. And everyone's ah, like, I assume not 10 to 20 minutes, but no, but remember, bear in mind, I was telling you, I listen to really long podcasts. Like it's usually, I don't. <laughs> when it's an hour 20, I'm even like, well, this week it was short. Like normally I'm an hour and a half plus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 10 to 15. That's how you'll forget that you're even listening to the podcast. <laughs> Hold on, let me turn off, turn on my do not disturbs. Oh yeah, I did the same. <laughs> So that for once I don't shame you. It's not me that's it's not me that it's gonna be this week. <laughs> I've got lots, lots to unpack this week. What, what are you most excited to unpack this week? Potomac. Swear. Um Insecure was a was a good episode, but I'm most excited about Ultimate Girls Trip, how we're doing it, and then same. I'm actually really excited to talk about Ultimate Girls Trip. That's what, what I'm looking right? for most. Yes. I even tweeted, I'm like, it didn't feel real. Like, I'm just like, what? It just, it's a mind, it's a mind fuck. Yeah, I guess, especially for you, actually watches all these other franchises. No, I don't watch all of them. I don't watch, I don't watch New York and New Jersey. Those are the ones I don't watch. And those are, but I know, I watched New Jersey up to like season four. Uh, so you said, yeah, I watched yeah. Beverly Hills and Atlanta. Mm, okay, bet, 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 I get it. But, um, happy Monday. Um, our favorite day of the week, as per, as per. Are we going to talk about why it's our favorite day of the week again? Yes. Okay. I mean... Succession is out too. <laughs> what is it? Succession. You know what? People give me so much trouble for Succession because the way you guys talk about it is like... Succession. It's a slow burn. It's not going to be... in. It's it's Yeah, it's intriguing. The plot is intriguing in the first episode, but you... Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? No. I tried and I told you I always to stop after like episode two. Not no. even I don't think I got to episode two. I failed to get to episode two like three times because it was so painfully boring. I and think like, with Game of Thrones, I did it at a time. I had lots of time on my hands. So I was just like, you know what? I'm what else sure. am I gonna do with my time? I was between A levels and I don't know, six form uh form five and A levels. So I was just like, oh, what else do I have to do? So I just I watch i literally i did not get the whole first season i was like what what <laughs> and then there were dragons at the end of season one i'm like what and then like i didn't know names to like the end of season two now i'm like okay like i'd be like blonde dating short guy like i'd you yeah. know i'd have my ways of remembering them but i think also i did at a time where i had more patience that i could invest and wait one whole season before I, I was gonna like, say that's good that's a big commitment for you to get to the end of a season and like what and still decide i'm gonna watch season two even though i don't understand what's happening hats off to you that that you know people say could never be me that quite literally could never be me i'm not even going on as, to, i can't even write like okay let me wait to see episode four <clears throat> as you i feel like that's part of what's diminishing a lot of the quality of the shows we're watching if you expect episode one to be this huge yes episode one should be a good way to think but episode one does not necessarily have to be the best episodes yes, episode one should work to set up who everyone is what's going on what the conflict is like 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 i can't believe, like you can't expect i mean now i think probably i'm more in the mode where i'm like i expect episode one to make sense to me mm-hmm. and like and you know from the jump but oh yeah i have to stop saying like i've been trying to let me write that down sorry i'm actually gonna write it down don't kill me with the drama. He said, let me write this down. 
I, I don't mind done. episode one of stuff not being like cinematic excellence. Like that to me is not really that deep. But just make the storyline intriguing enough. Like, you know, I also don't even mind shows that you have to keep watching for it to make sense. Even like Girlfriend. Uh, yeah, girlfriend you know what I mean? Like, girlfriend was, of the first episode was not nice. Was not good. Even the, 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 you know, the cinematography and everything, like it was not good. It was but cool. the general plot or what we could understand from it was enough to feel like was enough to make me feel like okay that at some point they'll get they'll get the show right you know what i mean or what's what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen with this character this happened here mm, i want to see more of this dynamic mm, she's 28 or 29 and she's in this position da, 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 what's gonna happen next this one is like this you know what i mean yeah Game of thrones gave nothing like that's okay, one, but... one gave me nothing no but if i'm honest the people who ended up liking game of thrones i really wish i could make you a list they were all surprised they like it. Rosa, I never thought Rosa would be a person who liked Game of Thrones. Rosa, Rosa finished it as well. Like a lot of the people, I'm gonna stop saying that word. <laughs> I'm going to stop saying the L word unless I'm actually using it the way it's meant to be used. A lot of the people I know, um <laughs> yeah. trying so hard. I'm physically fighting my tongue. A lot of the people I know, like who like, mm, who yeah, this is gonna be a hard episode. Maybe be you, it's fine. <laughs> a lot of the people I know, it was they it was hard for them. They were so surprised by the people who were into Game of Thrones by the end. Like, uh, they were people who, um, they just weren't fans of anything like that. So I honestly don't think there's any one person Game of Thrones was targeted to. It was like, the nerds were into it, the cool babes were into it, everyone was into it. So I think, give it a chance. I mean, season eight sucked, but give it a chance. Maybe one time, and that's the thing. It's now finding time where I feel like I actually have the time to commit to I show you're not even sure you like you know what I mean because in my head I know that I have this long list of things that I do like already or other shows that seem to be more promising that do Mm -hmm. not dedicate this time to the show that I feel like it wasn't really hitting the mark for me it's a lot but I'm not going to completely write it off like I'll never ever go back (laughs) and try and watch it because I do want to understand it every now and again when I see little like um, jokes and comments whether it's reddit twitter whatever the little mm-hmm. like oh references should i say to like the is it the red wedding <laughs> like even my cousins will be talking about the red wedding or something and i'm like damn i really wish i could relate <laughs> the <laughs> so red I- wedding <laughs> i can't compare it to anything that's ever happened on tv before really was it really that iconic like it's mind-blowing it changed it changed the playing it changed the characters you cared about it changed it was just like once the episode aired you were (laughs) game of thrones by then had already set itself up as a show that you know wasn't really tied to main characters that anybody could get it anybody could die but with the red wedding, what they did on that episode can never be undone. It can never. It was such. It was cinematographic. I don't know how the word you say it. That word. It was that excellent. Excellence. That's the one. 
yeah um but if you get a chance do watch it and yeah but um hi guys well hi <laughs> what's, popping, what's happening it's a new week it's a new day we back at it again i know that's um true. i hope by now we'll be coming amongst your list of your favorite reality tv podcasters you know what i'm saying i mm-hmm. hope you join the conversation with us um you guys may or may not know but i'm nesu i'm leo and we are the reality check podcast like just have any noise just usually get the party started how are you boo I'm fine. Um, I was explaining to you earlier off air that I have a terrible migraine. My hormones are playing up. I'm ovulating. It's cold. Guys, it's cold. Hey. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this cold. Yeah. Something's different. Something's it's getting different. so different. So, so different. I don't, even, I don't even know if it's like the last time it was like this cold. It was re- like lockdown was really lockdowning. No, but this is a cold front, no? I don't know. I don't, I think I saw something that, to the effect that this was a cold front. Maybe, but baby, that cold front is front. Okay. Like, I, my the crazy thing is, I didn't even clock it. I, I like, I was out. <laughs> Honestly, this podcast is just going to be me documenting <laughs> how much I go out. I was out this past week. I was out a couple of days this past week. Mm-hmm. I won't say which ones. I won't name them. But I think it got cold over the weekend. Clearly got cold over the weekend. Yeah, Saturday-ish. Uh, Saturday, I felt a little bit of a, you know. A draft. A, a tussle. I felt <laughs> between me and the weather, there was a bit of a tussle. But I didn't think it was anything to be, you know, concerned about. Hey. Oh, no. Sunday, was I out? No, Sunday I stayed at home the whole day. To, to all those who would like to know i stayed at, at home <laughs> the whole day on sunday um and then i only clocked it this morning when i went to get um some food um i was sort of very concerned i'm like <laughs> i was shocked i was i was gagged oh, now hold on hold on <laughs> hold on hold on hold on what is this honey no, it was bad. Yesterday was bad. I think it's because you were indoors. Um, yesterday, I went to like a party thing, like a, a children's party. And earlier on in the day, it started off as like maybe 11 degrees. So it was like, okay, typical autumn winter vibes, nothing crazy. By the time it got to 5 p.m., it was, it was six degrees. Like it plummeted from a solid 11 to a treacherous six degrees in like the space of three hours i said wait <laughs> what is the meaning of this then today i left my apartment to go get um packages downstairs obviously by the time i came up yesterday the thermostat was on the floor heating was on so this place feels different i walked out of this door it was like i'm in a different country i said is this the real weather outside no shame and, and you, went, snow. you went even outside at the time I'm literally still within this building. These four walls. These four walls. And I was like, I'm not leaving this place until Friday. And Friday is recess. It's supposed to snow on Friday. Oh, you, this, I didn't even know that. 
Oh, is it fabric? Yes. Oh no, I'm not going to that one. But we never go to the same thing. Anymore. It's so strange. Always. You went to the anyway. first one, always went to the second. Like, honestly, do we have a problem here, bro? I yeah. don't know. We fighting, we beefing. <laughs> we rolling. I was gonna say about like the temperature. I feel like as opposed to bots, like the temperatures that are cold in the UK, the numbers, if you look at the numbers and how temperature works in the UK, that temperature is a totally different thing. In it, does, it does not so feel in the UK, it can be like 15 or 18 and it's hot and I feel hot and I'm even sweating a bit. But when I think of if it was 15 degrees in bots, I would not, I would not, I would be, I would be reaching for my Ugg boots, Ugg boots, finding a cute, jacket. a cute, you know, a cute bomber jacket, you know, letting it be a moment. <laughs> so it's so funny. And like, when I think about how, if I say something is cold in bots, 10, 11, 12 is cold in bots. In the UK, you're like, no, it's a mild day. I will not forget this one. Like it was the end of winter going into spring. And the weather touched 12 degrees. It was in Southampton in Uni. And the sun was shining. That day, I, as an on my life, the girlies came out in their little shorts. It was like, oh my gosh, sun's out. It's, you know, winter's finally ending. It's 12 degrees outside. Cardigans, light cardigans, shorts, the dresses, the legs are out. Do you think um, people the girls are looking for their summer dresses? The girls are hey. Where the beach at? Let's go to the beach each. Let's go get away. I said, they say what they're going to say. This could never be Botswana. You know, when it's literally like 18 degrees, everyone is scared, shook, panicking. Like they are, they are fi- firewood. The price of firewood is going, it's going up. up. <laughs> you're just like, what? What? It and rightfully so. Like when you're there, it actually feels colder. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a humidity thing. I, in my head, I've told myself it's got to do with humidity. I think it's humidity because even when, when it's summer, have you noticed that 28 degrees when it's here doesn't feel like 20 degrees. Here you are bending. Unbearable. Yet in Botswana at the peak of summer, it's literally like 39, 40 sometimes. I don't, you know, that, 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 is what, that is going to unbearable. But 32, like if you give me, you can, if I ask you nice hot weather, I'll tell you 32. Easily, the UK. I will not tell you that. I will not tell you that. I will not. And that shows you the effect of humidity and how how mad that is. That concept is, and how it affects how you feel about temperature, having experienced both zones. Climates, I guess. I was gonna say time zones. True, that could work too. So, Boo, should we get started on our fave? You know, we've already said. Sunday is our favorite day now, child. <laughs> and it's only, it seems to only be getting better. Yes, I will say insecure this week. They proved me wrong. I don't know. I don't know what was in the air. Or it was just, you know, a lack of something in the, you know, in the writer's room. But this episode, though the plot didn't move very much, if you really think about it, the plot. didn't. Move. Yeah, the plot didn't do that much. But I felt like this 30 minutes, 25, if I'm being honest, um, was it, 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 I, my mind went somewhere. So um, I did, I'm just going to go straight into my thoughts on this. Go ahead. I did give Molly a little pat on the back, you know, for having the foresight to know that, you know, because obviously Insecure does work to foreshadow things and then have them come full circle and explain why 
oh in episode one we did this why did we do that i'm gonna tell you just now so the molly having the foresight to say mm, guys i don't feel very comfortable that you guys haven't done any estate planning it's really not giving right now and came full circle in her mom actually should have um had you know some foresight into like understanding that oh anything can happen into any time um I did think it was interesting that it was the mom and not the dad because obviously she had that period of time where her and her dad weren't you know getting along so it is I know this will work to bring them even closer and you know really solidify that um relationship but I was proud of Molly um I was proud of the girls honestly our girls I was proud of them they handled it with maturity and you know me I really think I'm enjoying this move from the tension in their friendship and also people trying to paint Molly as this person who did not deserve friendship with Isa to now just they're fine guys don't worry about them focus on what's happening in their lives and I do think that's a much nicer show and also it makes interacting tweets about insecure a bit less toxic um last year when the whole um block party happened oof, that was not a good time to be part of molly hive which yes i said it exists we are we are few but they are members of molly hive alive and well um i think those are my initial thoughts we can continue chatting but let me know what you think um i liked it and i think i was quite positively not really surprised but I was happy the fact that like I guess some sort of a prediction that I gave last week as a possibility that you know maybe at episode four it picks up or episode four or five I'm we're on episode five now but I'm I had a feeling because last season the same thing happened where the first four episodes were like the buffer for the last five episodes or the last six episodes to come or something including episode five so the same thing happened this time episode five they have like ton up um but like you said I think the storyline it wasn't really all that like oh my gosh wow fireworks or like we're like glued to our tvs like we were in episode five of season four um because remember episode five of season four it was the one um it was the block party episode because we had four months before three months before two months before a month before then the block party episode yes you kill me every time you're able to clock exactly what they showed us at the beginning of every episode last season. You gotta know these things, you know what I mean? Um, but yes, um, you know, that's the difference between last season and this season. But something I felt like I saw online and I really agree with is the fact that I think a lot of our, I don't want to say, boredom is a strong word. So like, I hope you can stay with me here, but like, our um, maybe lack of excitement to the episode I think a lot of it has to do with Issa and Nathan I think a lot of us really like Issa and Nathan as a couple but when you actually look at Nathan as an individual he doesn't give much Nathan is slightly boring if we're being honest no 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 I have to stop you there it's the exact opposite we like Nathan but we don't like him with Issa they just yeah, I think maybe that's what it is. Them as as a as a couple isn't it's not giving. It's not giving. Um, and you want to you want to root for them because you know you like Nathan. Exactly. But as a couple, it's not making 
since, and it's not even to say that we're Lawrence have, we, we probably, if anything, she should get up and move on completely. But there's um, no time to. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's not really like who's better. It's just like forget both of them type of thing and move on. But them together, like even when they have conversations, it still seems like a little awkward. They're still finding their feet. But even with finding their feet, I can't pinpoint any time in Nathan's existence on the show where he has shown that much personality that would match the type of personality that Issa has. Yeah, but don't you think, okay, my my way I look at couples, there's always a Beyonce. You can't you can't be a Beyonce and a J-Lo in a relationship. You need a Beyonce and a Jay-Z. You need someone to take the back seat a little bit, even if not just just to lean back, you know, lean back. But 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 as much as that's the case, I agree. But even if we look at Daniel and Lawrence as individuals, they're not necessarily a main character, but they're able to bounce off Issa in a more in a way that makes sense for Equals very socially awkward and quirky personality. Nathan might, Nathan, sorry, might poke a joke here or there, but he's so like, like he's super chill where it's like, I don't know if this makes sense for Issa. Um, yeah, it's, 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 for me personally, it's not giving, um, which is unfortunate because we so, I think a lot of us so badly would have wanted this to work. Like they finally are at a place where they start being childish, they communicated, they've overcome the situation with Nathan. They obviously know what's happened. Issa seems or she feels like she's a lot better and she's made a decision for herself now. No, she hasn't. Her ass, her ass has been forced into dating Nathan. You know what I mean? <laughs> because her option, her number one option, it didn't work out with him. And this is why I remember last week and the week before, guys, Anissi was saying Nathan had no business giving this lady another chance because, and it's not even to say she doesn't want to move on or she doesn't actually maybe in the moment feel like she wants to be with Nathan or she loves certain things about him. But I think with Issa, when it comes to Lawrence, she's just not over him. And it's very much an out of sight, out of mind thing. As we saw, the moment she laid eyes on that man, her, her heart dropped, her stomach dropped. Like it was like- I felt that for her. I felt that. I felt it. And I was like, what are the odds right now? Today, not today of all times, that was the moment that she had to see him. And I said this last week, if he comes back, there's going to be run around. And I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be involved in the storyline that he says it's going to be a situation and Nathan is just going to be like, you just shouldn't have brought me into this. If you knew you weren't, you, you couldn't decide what you want. And, you know, I really like the fact that, I mean, we all find, found a laugh in it when they touched on the fact, you know, Issa saying how her mom just never knows what she wants. And Nathan for a second was like... <laughs> that sounds like someone we both know. <laughs> that sounds pretty familiar. I've, I've, um, I've, heard, I've heard it before. Um, it's just not coming to me. I just can't put my finger on who. But it's right here. It's right at the tip of at my the tongue. At the tip of my tongue. But I can't, I just can't find the name. And I just feel like it's just going to probably, or in my head, I would imagine when I see it, still making its way into the storyline. I just don't think she's ready. I did see a lot of conversation on the internet about how, oh my gosh, Lisa's now said she loves him. And I don't think it was necessarily that. I feel like she said, that's what I love about you. I don't know if I am. I'm just one of those people like you can love things about people, but she doesn't mean you're in love with them. But maybe in those no, but she. I think she did mean it. She did mean. I think we're meant to take it that she meant mm. she loves him. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess from the wind down as well, they gave that kind of like, oh, she said she loves him and he didn't say it back. Um, but the way I saw it, I think what I'm getting from Issa and Nathan is Issa's really trying to move on from Lawrence. She didn't even try to date anyone else. She's just like, oh, option number one, option number two, you know. Um, so you get the sense that she's really trying to make this work but I don't think it's gonna give I think at some point Nathan also is gonna have some self-respect and say sis I can see you and this man are not over and I am you know the impediment and I see see her going going on and being a stepmother I fear I'm afraid to say it but I think I see that it would make sense for that to be where it ends or Isa and Molly both end up single and just yeah, I got my girlfriend. We good. Da da da. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, did you see the flash forward for the next episode? And it won't spoil it in case other people haven't seen it. Let me go watch it right now. Give me a second. My gosh. Oh my gosh. This is exactly this is exactly okay. Are we recording again? It's still recording now. Huh? This is exactly what I thought would happen. So you saw how it's not about Issa, it's actually about Molly. So you saw how Molly had that watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's Torian's watch and everybody thinks um, Molly's fucking Torian. And I actually wrote, have it written, what if Torian is Molly's soulmate? You oh said God. it as well, I think. Yeah, I said it to you that um, I was speaking to one of my friends and he was like, imagine if Molly and Torian actually belong together. Especially because even in, um, I think there's some significance in him calling and saying, and him being the one to be like, are you coming in? Okay, do you think you could not do it? I don't feel like they would have focused on it that much if Torian has no relevance to Molly. You smart. And- you smart. But you see, this is why I'd be rewatching because sometimes some should be like, damn. Because you remember even, um, I don't know if you remember in season four, when obviously they had that tension from the previous season. And then this is now where he was like, I heard at your old law firm, you worked on this case, you didn't say anything. What was up with that? So you're gonna make you, you were gonna let me waste my time. And she's kind of like, listen, like I am just trying to get, like, I just wanna get along at this point. I'm sorry, the way I handled it was wrong. This is on the third. And he, if you actually watch like the way the frames work and the way the, 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 the producer or the director like zooms in on Torian's face and he stops, he doesn't say much else. He looks up and he's like, okay. And he just walks out. But the way it lasted, I remember me and my friend being like, this is either Molly's going to sleep with this man or something's going to happen. And the fact that for so long, up until now, nothing has happened sexually, it gives me the vibes that imagine it's Torian. And remember how much he used to complain about Torian to Andrew? Ah, Torian this. Ah, Torian. And how long has this man been under our nose? He's been right there. If, if, if Prentice Prinny and Issa Ree have planned that it's Torian, they would have knocked it out the park because this man, you would not have thought there was any, literally, you get the sense that Molly does not like this man, that Molly would never even, and Molly's never talked about him in any- or looks-wise. But what I did, thanks for reminding me about um, Andrew. Don't you remember when Andrew came to a work function? And they played the game of guessing who everyone was. But I think the person, I, I don't know if it was a focus or what, but it seemed like there was more focus on him identifying Torian. Now we've cracked it. 
we've cracked out the season. We've cracked out the show. They better, they better write us a check or something. Because <laughs> we on their asses. Poor Itorium, guys. It, it has to be. Um, but um, I like that you pointed out, like, in terms of Molly and Issa's friendship, you're very right in saying it is really nice to watch. It's also nice to read the tweets and not see the top. Because there was a point where it was too much about, like, you know, Molly versus Isa. This is toxic. She ain't this. She's this that. We're getting all sorts of. She's a narcissist. She's this that and the third. And as much as those things may be correct or accurate um, analyses of the characters, there comes a point. It's like okay, we've heard. And like you said, I think it was last week. You were saying that we are now getting to see why Isa and like why they work. Like all this time, we may have been like, are they just holding on to the friendship because of nostalgia? This is that and the third. They don't want to let go. But now we're seeing why Molly and Issa work. Like we're seeing Issa also, I think Prentice Penny mentioned this when he was, um, this was in the wind down. It was like, they've come back or they've come out of this really terrible season in their friendship. And now you see them moving with intention to one another. Last week, we were seeing Molly move with so much intention towards Issa. This week we're seeing Issa moving with so much intention. Like, I know how Molly is. Molly's always trying to be superwoman. She doesn't actually stop to think about what she needs, what she wants. Issa asks, okay, but what do you want? What do you need? Are you okay? Do you know, do you need food? Do you need this? Do you need me to go to your apartment and get you a change of clothes? Because Miss Mamas, I can tell you was coming from somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And I think even the whole walking the dog thing, like all of these little things where it's like, she's so out of her depth, but because she wants to help her friend out, she's going to do it anyway. Um, and I think that was really, really nice to see. It's nice to see Issa and Molly work really well and just be there for one another. Cause I think it's one of those things, you know, if when you have healthy friendships come what may, whether it's work stress, relationship, family, you're going to have at least your friends there. And that's a nice thing to witness, like really healthy wholesome friendship you know when they were in the hospital and they changed outfits for a split second my mind thought like they swapped outfits sorry not split outfits they swapped outfits i thought they were gonna do a like how isa sees how the world perceives molly molly sees how the world perceives like because that would have been pretty cool because it looked, I'm like, because I, I blinked and then they've changed. I'm like, and then when she was walking out in Molly. Yeah. And, and then people compliment her. So I'm like, oh, is that what we're doing? Is that, is, is that the direction we're going in? And I thought that would have been a very nice thing to do in the last season. Just give us, does Issa really understand what it's like to walk in Molly's shoes? And does Molly understand what it's like to walk in Issa's? But ultimately it didn't happen. But I think for that split second, like, and also like you're saying, over the episodes, we've had the roles reversed. Um last episode it was Issa needing Molly this episode Molly needs Issa so and even then ensuring that the definition of need is not just physically be there for me like right by my side and watch me and make sure I'm eating no there's so many different ways you can be there for someone you can check in of course you can make sure they have a change of fresh clothes make sure all the stuff that's happening in their life is still being done like walking the dog and stuff so it was it was good to see the shoe on the other foot there um yeah definitely a good episode um very fun as well for 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 something that was handling us like material that was that you know intense or deep they handled it with a sense of 
like it was quite funny like i know don't get me wrong it wasn't nice but it was quite funny as well kiki she had me cackling like at the worst time the time she off nurse <laughs> i have an ailment you know normally when i cough it's usually a <coughs> now it's a, <coughs> it's a cancer <laughs> like it's always like the timing we all have that one aunt or family member that's like like not right now literally not right now let's even just... even the mix-up at the be- from from for me <laughs> it was the mix-up at the beginning because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not about to kill this lady off. And then I see who it is. I'm like, yeah, they, Listen, these jokes that, yeah, here, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But this is why um, I really, really like it when Kerry Washington directs. And I hope she actually ends up really exploring, like doing a lot more in the field of directing. Because why not this? But anyway, last season. No, she didn't do the finale. She did the penultimate. So episode nine, Kerry Washington directed. And that was... You mean the episode when they hang out and then Issa, and then Molly accidentally sends the text to Issa and she's talking shit about her. And you mean with the blue, they had Molly in the blue, Issa in the red. Mm. That's the one. Beautifully shot. That's the one. (laughs) And that whole episode gave because remember i don't know if you remember the beginning of episode nine we have that little almost two minute montage of isa and lawrence i believe that's when they're coming out of their episode eight little love bubble and they're on lawrence's couch they're working from home things are working they now find themselves in this new place that they've never been before they never got to experience each other like that um and we were all obsessed with that little two minute montage even just the the, the way episode nine of season four went we all really loved it and it was a great penultimate episode for a season so to me it's no surprise that she's nailed this episode like you said there was a perfect balance of humor at the right time so that we weren't getting too like oh my gosh our eyes are watering up is molly's mom really about to be killed off what's happening um there's just a little like you know comic relief here there at the right time from you know the right people and so um I loved it. I really, really like it when they when Kerry Washington directs. I think it was a good also step up from like we've been saying the first four episodes. And I'm not surprised. She she does what she does and she does it really, really well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of you watched what's the show called? Little Fires Everywhere. Did you watch Dennison? It was a mini a mini series. I think it was on Hulu. Um Kerry Washington, Reese Witherspoon. And it was like set in maybe the nineties during like. I saw the promo for it, but I never actually watched. Please do. Little fires do. everywhere. Yeah, I think they both took a turn directing one of the episodes. I'm not sure if Reese. I'm not sure about her directing credentials, but I know. I I think I know that um Carrie directed that as well. So yeah, her career as a director is really giving. Like mm. I'm not sure about before this season or season four which episodes i never really thought the only director who's like off the top of my head i can remember is um melina mitakos i don't know how you say yeah, it. I'm, I'm not Mit- gonna say Mit- melina but the one who's friends with i think solange and beyonce i think but yeah um i'm not really the biggest fan of hers like i know she's a big director but there's some i can point to some episodes that felt a bit floppy Anna um and i think honestly 
maybe it's because also Carrie has done much fewer, but Carrie still she's still doing very well. Like I don't think I can think of a Carrie directed episode that I didn't like. Yeah. But yeah, it was very well directed. It wasn't as good as obviously season four episode nine, but still very good. Still, it felt everything felt like it was in the right place. I didn't think I needed very much else to understand the episode even the wind down I questioned a bit whether I needed to watch it and like we said last week a lot of the episodes we've watched we've seen so far in season five we've needed we felt like we needed to watch the one wind down to understand where it is they were coming from what they wanted to um stress to us and no I didn't feel this episode the Lawrence episode um we didn't really even even the last episode you did say um, effective communication was the lesson there so it is interesting that you know we're now coming to a time where everything you know it makes sense and probably I don't know if it's the director's fault if it's not even fault if it's the director's doing or just the writing perspective but it is making a lot more sense now and I don't yeah. need to be walked through as through the episodes as much yeah which I'm glad because I think it was in our second episode I was yeah. saying I think as we go on, everything will start to, because in the very, after the very first one, I remember mentioning that I really like the fact that Insecure gives us full circle moments, like everything tends to come full circle, you're able to pinpoint that time in season three, when Derek said he didn't plan for a baby, but it's the best thing that ever happened to him, and he was speaking to Lawrence, they panned into Lawrence's face, lo and behold, Lawrence now has a child, that he didn't expect but you know i don't know if that was foreshadowing i don't but you know what if you gone back and watched the episode no but if, i said that to my friend and he was like you bugging he watched it he said i get it if you know what if torian and molly end up together then i'll know foreshadowing that these people foreshadow the hell out of that show but think about what you even said about the estate like and you know what's funny um, something I was even thinking about as you're explaining now how it's quite interesting that it ended up being Molly's mom because that episode was just trying to hook Molly up with the guy. She specifically mentions that Molly, by the time you get married, it'll literally be like maybe your father can like wheel you down the thing because the thing, the thing is obviously he's the older one. And who's paralyzed now? Do you, know, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> but she is. <laughs> Maybe I could have said it with a bit more tag. Maybe. But she, man, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's literally the thing that, like, they keep, and the same, I feel like if you go back and rewatch the last four seasons, you will notice that foreshadowing is, is a big part of Insecure. Even in the last episode where Nathan is in the car with his friends, and he's like, ah, it's just easy, man. She all over the place. And now she's seen Lawrence. It will be interesting to see if something actually then happens that Issa's now felt, she feels like she's confused. Lawrence will then be, I mean, not Lawrence, Nathan will then be like, I, I told you guys, this lady is all over the place. And I think all, I actually need to tell my friends this. Remember how she was saying how she felt like that whole episode with Condola and Lawrence is a bit of a waste. Like, why are we being shown so much? But I think all of that was a built. You see, if we hadn't had that episode, there wouldn't be as much relevance of seeing Condola and Lawrence in the hallway together at a doctor's appointment. It would literally just be like, I mean, duh, they're parenting, whatever. But knowing that chaos, that fracas, that up and down that they had to do with 
baby Eli slash baby Jar, it means so much more to the viewers. Like, wow, they're both seemingly happy. I mean, she was just like, okay, cool, you're coming. And there's no like tension that you can all cut through with the knife and the other um, doctor's appointment together. It all holds weight, it has relevance. And that's why I just feel like a lot of the show, there's a lot of foreshadowing, like just all the time. One last thing I will say um, is I do hope that before the end of this, and I hope it doesn't go on too far, hopefully maybe even next episode, um, Molly breaks down. Or what the hell? Not breaks down like, oh my God, I'm having a breakdown, but like becomes a little bit more vulnerable or strips away some of the God that she has up. Only because in this episode, it's more so like I worry about her or the character. Um, Issa made reference to, you know how Molly is. Um, and we continue to see her just be like, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it to the doctor. Maybe and she was the she one break that down she... tutorial. It could be. That's and maybe that's how he stayed over and the watch was in her bed. You see what I mean? No, but didn't she say she picked it up? I didn't, the trailer. I think she's saying she picked it up because she can't say or how she know. actually obtained. You know what I mean? But, but then not, everybody knows. Everyone that, knows that watch or I think, I don't think they, I don't think they sleep together. I think what I think probably happens. Um maybe she, she breaks down into him, cries, and then he like cries to sleep, exactly like um Issa did, except Torian stays. Thanks. And then maybe he leaves in the mid like while she's asleep. Or maybe it could have been like they were on a work thing out, like drinks, and she left with him and she doesn't remember where the watch came from or whose watch it was while they were at this work do. But Torian's the one who left with her. And then, like you said, he would have stepped over like Nathan did and nothing else happened. But I just think, obviously, I would like to see that addressed about Molly's character where we could see that she wasn't okay and she kept telling the doctors and the nurses that I'll be okay. Because even when she hears that the mom did have a stroke before, she damn near had a fit. And it was one of those like, this probably isn't really the time to be losing your shit over the fact that they never told you that she had one before. And she even specifically says to Issa, damn, my mom actually thought that I wouldn't be able to handle this. And throughout the whole time, she keeps saying, I'll be able to handle it, handle it, handle it. And then when she hears from the doctor that one of the most likely outcomes is that their mom is now probably going to be paralyzed. She can't, she, the doctor asks her, do you want me to tell, wait and tell your family would you want to tell them yourself? And she says, I got it. And she can't even utter the words when her okay. brother that can't. I get, I get where you're coming from, but I also think it's a difference being able to handle being told at the same time as other people or being the bearer of bad news. I don't think her be, not being able to be the bearer of bad news necessarily means she wouldn't be able to handle it. It just means being the person to watch your dad's face, you know, crumble as he hears this news. That that is the position she doesn't want to have, but she doesn't mind hearing the news. Like, she doesn't mind hearing the news. It's just being the one to do it is not nice. But I, that would be understandable if that was, like, the standalone, the standalone incident. It started from when Issa came. It was, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm just making sure everyone else is, is fine. Issa has to stop and be like, what is it that you need? And even then, even when Issa hugs her, there's no tears, there's no nothing. She's very much like... And we all what do you want the girl to do? Not a tears thing, but even the same thing you're saying how you've always said it before to do a Giselle and even Virgos. It's a defense mechanism of sorts. And everyone knows that naturally. You may not necessarily have to cry in front of all of us, but in front of your friend, in front of your best friend at some point. And that's 
you know, it's not the same as, let me not make it seem like breakups can't be traumatic. I guess for some people, they honestly can. But I mean, this happening to her mom is, is a big thing for someone to just be, I'm fine. I'm fine. And that's what I mean. I hope, because if she couldn't even be like that with Issa, it's quite like, I just hope it's something that is actually addressed because it's not a healthy coping mechanism. Yeah, but good sis is basically a Virgo, so y'all need to understand. Is Molly's character Virgo as well? No. Well, oh, you're, you're I go it. around painting people Virgos. Like, have you not realized? I mean, Giselle is a Virgo, but <laughs> I have painted, I have accepted Molly's probably a Virgo. Okay, that makes sense. But speaking of Giselle, speaking I want of to Giselle. talk about Ultimate Girls Trip before Potomac. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. talk to me. Talk to me. Thoughts, episode one. How are you feeling about it all so far? So, uh, like, for a very long time, honestly, like, since about 20, I honestly want to say even as far back as 2015, 16, there's been talk. He Andy had said that if, like, the housewives just wasn't doing as well um, or, like, people just weren't tuning in, he would consider doing, like, a mashup of, like, the best housewives or something, just different housewives who wouldn't normally meet have us have them meet um he didn't say much about how they'd be chosen or what but we, like it was at the time nini was on so you would expect that she would be on um you wouldn't be wrong to assume let me say that um so for this to be you know to actually happen and we actually see all these women from different franchises who obviously because of by virtue of being on in the Bravo universe, they like it's the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> um, who because of it, you 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 never you never really thought they would be in front of a camera together. Like, um, but what I and you know having um, people from Atlanta mixed with people from Beverly Hills, mixing with people from New York like what like that it's it's just we've we've walked into unprecedented territory like these are and i don't know if it's covid or what that like made them do it but honestly thanks god yo i as a super fan i don't know if do i count as a super i think i I count myself a super fan um this is this is this is my investment in this show paying off it has paid off in spades because it's just so beautiful to watch. It's just like, I mean, I I imagine you if you were if you also watch like my friend um Saidi, she watches um New Jersey and um New York as well. If you if you know these characters, you know um where they are coming from from the beginning, it would just be like I know for me, just watching. Kenya and Cynthia and um, Kyle from Beverly Hills. Just watching them, I just feel like, wow, you guys have, have you've done so much to get to this point. Mm-hmm. It's finally here. Um, what what about you? So, I mean, as someone who maybe you don't watch as many franchises as me, but how 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 is it watching that? Do you feel the same sense that I feel? Did you know some of the women, the other women who weren't on the shows you watched? Um, so for me, it's obviously quite interesting watching as someone who doesn't watch these other franchises. And like I've said before, I literally only watch Atlanta and Potomac. 
Um, but I will say I'm obviously very familiar with the other women. I think the only woman I'm not really as familiar with is probably Melissa. Um, but I've watched little, little like clips here or there, obviously the things that are probably the most viral. Um, so I know who Ramona is. I know who Kyle is. I know who Trey is, um, or Teresa. Um, so yeah, it, it's not like complete like fog in my head. Um, yeah, Luan I've seen here or there. So I think it's more so Luan and Melissa that I'm a bit like, mm, who are you? that kind of thing but generally even for me still being like an outsider tv's franchises it's really nice to watch um i agree when you consider the bravo universe it really does feel like i guess a full circle moment of sorts like wow these women have come from far like i, I was hearing Teresa say that she's been on it since like 2006 or something and i'm like 2006 i think she said 2006 because somebody was like, oh, that's more or less like 30 years or something. No, it was Ramona. Oh, Ramona. Cool. Um, so, yeah, um, people who would have been there since, or people like Teresa, who she was saying for her franchise, she's the like the OG, like she basically started the franchise and stuff. It's quite interesting. And it's really lovely to see that these women have come from far. Like you said, people like you, it's you guys' support and investment in Bravo that's paying off because of all of you guys and all the fans were not asking for like, we want to see these people together. Like we want to see how this would work, like our faves or the all-stars or whatever from all these different franchises, how they would work if they were together. And even seeing them together, seeing how each person forgets that you're not on home ground anymore like you're not in your own franchise where you're the only Kenya you're talking about Kenya you're probably even Ramona where she was like because I'm Ramona like in her head she's like hey what do you what do you mean I'm not getting the master bedroom what do you mean this isn't going this way you know what I mean and um, also minus because I don't know I don't know if they're gonna have a reunion or if Andy's involved it's you feel a bit outside of your normal, like you're saying, you're out, you're off home, you're off home turf. You're not with everybody you're with. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, you're kind of thrown in the deep end. And a lot of these other women, you haven't really developed a friendship or a rapport with in any way. Obviously, it's not like you're beefing them, but it's it, it's it's unfamiliar to you. So it's 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 nice to see that Kenya, who you've watched, how Kenya is when she meets new girls um, on like in Atlanta, how she is around, you know, other Real Housewives. Um, and um, yeah, it, it was very interesting to see. Yeah. Um, I do have another question for you. Um, out of all the franchises, so Beverly Hills, New York, and New Jersey, from what you've seen about the ladies from those franchises, who are you most interested in finding out more about? Um, I would really like to find out more about, I would say Kyle and Trey. Kyle, I want to find out more about Kyle because, um, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you were looking at the tweets, but like everyone was talking about how she was so out of her element. Like when she was watching Ramon and Kenya go back and forth with each other, she was literally like, what is happening? Um, even as such, I've just seen her just wanting to be like good vibes, like, oh, I want to see the view and I want to eat. Like, I want to know more about her. Um, we briefly saw her obviously open up about like her body image issues and where they stem from and why she felt the way she felt. But like, that's a little bit 
that's all we've seen. And even in that moment, I really like that, you know, we, we were getting to know her. I know nothing else about her. She hasn't shown as much like do you know wait do you know who she is kyle she's paris hilton's aunt oh like a real real aunt her mother paris hilton's mother is her sister um, like the mom on some of the clips i just thought that's just the mom i didn't know that are they in the same franchise oh. together um so pa- paris hilton's mom became a friend of last season i don't know if she's coming back kyle. yeah Okay. So basically, the way Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, before it was the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it was actually meant to be a show about the sisters, the Hilton, like not the Hilton sisters, the Richard sisters. That was their maiden surname. Um, because Cha, they'd be beefing, they'd be not be talking for years on end. So, and then I think they just didn't pan out, and then it became the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And on the cast of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Kyle and um Kim um were sisters and I think it was the first time in the real housewives that two people on the cast were related um like blood also blood related let me say blood related because Melissa and Melissa and Teresa they're sisters-in-laws um so yeah I I think oh yeah I get what you mean Kyle on Beverly Hills she's like Beverly Hills as itself their conflicts are never really that deep they're quite surface level um so the conflict you see on Atlanta, it's different when you go to Beverly Hills and you could see that Kyle was uncomfortable and she was just like, whoa, they're really going at it. They're calling each other the B word. They're like, oh, yeah. you know? like, and a lot of tweets I saw about it. People said this just goes to show a lot of these other women would not last in Atlanta because Atlanta is cutthroat. You don't just be saying anything about anybody. You will get checked. Um, I agree. And it's funny that they said that because that was, we've all, we know Kenya. That was Kenya even just being calm. Kenya just said one thing. That was actually gonna, nice Kenya. No, what you're not going to do is call me a bitch on this trip. She didn't go like Kenya normally does. Don't you think it's crazy how Kenya seems less like a villain? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but. My mind was blown. And it's funny how everyone on the internet agrees. Kenya does not seem, but you know, I saw a clip, but you know, let me not spoil it for anybody. I'm not going to talk about the clip, (laughs) but I will say we'll be surprised as we go through the rest of this show. That's what I'm going to say. I think we probably will because I think Kenya can't help herself. Um, Kenya's Kenya. But I do think for her to have lasted that full episode and for all of us, especially those who know Kenya from Atlanta, to have all been like, like there was this tweet I saw but it was like me finding myself actually being able to stand Kenya or liking Kenya or something. And I'm like, uh, literally, when I was watching, I was like, why she don't seem that bad today? Like, what's tea? I'm like, what? I'm like, I even looked at her. I said, what's different about you? <sighs> you know, what? even in my head, I was telling myself, like, maybe it's because, like, Ramona is just so bad and so intolerable that Kenya seems mm. better. Not that Kenya is necessarily. Ramona is, is clearly bad vibes. <laughs> the vibes are terrible with that. The anymore. vibes on I don't feel the vibes. They are not contagious. Like I'm just. Like, <laughs> so you you sorry. Just to go back to my question. So the other lady you said you wanted to know about Teresa a bit more. Yes. Um. I think for 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 her, my reason is more so. Obviously, I keep 
seeing all the references and stuff about like everyone saying oh she's a bit like dumb and she takes a while to process things which i'm like bless her like maybe if that's the case but i don't think that's a reason for her to be written off and even in her confessionals you can hear that like she's still someone has sense you know what i mean a lot of sense in the, and i don't like even with ramona the cheek she had to be like i only surround myself with smart women and she was here busy saying third, third world two instead of world war two first of all world war two's already happened also third world then she goes, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. It's third world three. Baby, that's not any better. <laughs> what are you saying? Um, and I also kind of, I'm not someone who's really that like, you know, heartbroken over spoilers. So when I was going through the hashtag, some of the tweets obviously in reference to some of the episodes that came after. And when they were talking about how she has like a moment with like, I think Kenya or somebody else as well. I'm like, I just really want to know more about her um she just seems like she's good vibes or she's very much like if you're not in my business i'm not in yours just leave me alone and you know me i mean i'm not really the lover of villains so usually the the ones minding their business okay, and who is you you <laughs> no, but if i was the lover of villains <laughs> wouldn't I like wouldn't i like kenya okay no. let's go kenya kenya is not even like it was like kenya is horrible like it's not even just like for the sake of villain like kenya is like yeah, I like a villain who is also nice about it. And it's probably why I've come to like Giselle so much now. Anyway, I like Giselle. Well, but different. But you love a good villain. You liked yeah. season one Electra. When I liked all of all, all Electras. I mean, you like all Electras, but I am personally, I liked end of season two, season three Electra. Season one, cut me out. She, that, uh, lady, that lady did none wrong. Yeah, you see what I mean? I'm gonna stand beside her. But yeah, I think that's why I'm more interested to see. I mean, Luan also seems pretty cool, but like you said, if I were just if I were to name two, it would be Trey and Kyle. Okay. I would love to see you having um watched gotten into the that maybe our next assignment, because I think Real Housewives in New Jersey, um, I think they're the new the next franchise. franchise starting. Okay. So I think OC OC starts in December it's new season and then after that i think to replace what else is on right now oh salt lake city so i to replace potomac we're gonna get um oc and then to replace salt lake city we're gonna get new jersey okay. so um i honestly think i wanna i wanna, I wanna get up to date with new jersey because like you said mm-hmm. Teresa comes off really well and it's not even on some melissa or kyle who you can tell are trying not to be confrontational to any yeah. of the women they're trying to not even just be the peacekeeper i think there's a difference between being being a peacekeeper and not trying to poke anyone yeah being the peacekeeper you don't mind getting in that line of fire with that person who is probably a bit volatile and saying you know what i'm about to take the smoke but it's because i want the group to be fine as a whole whereas with not wanting any smoke not wanting any nothing that's kyle and kyle literally honestly kyle had a good reason I feel like we're talking about the episode, so we might as well. Kyle had a good reason to get the master bedroom if her husband planned the trip. I don't think Kenya's divorce. I mean, I do feel sorry, and she did cry. I do I? I do have sympathy for that, but I do think if Kyle's husband is the one who organized the house, I think also it should have been Kyle. It should have been Kyle's, but then if Kyle was comfortable to give her room to Kenya, then fine. But I do think she didn't really deserve like the shitty room. But she gets along with Melissa, so yeah so there was a why not girl i will say also on that note mrs bailey hill or cynthia mm-hmm. 
such a good friend to Kenya time and time again. And I'm not here to say this person deserves it, this person doesn't deserve it. But I'm just like, you are really good friend. From the thing with Brooklyn to suggesting the whole bed thing, because I just don't feel that Kenya. if Kenya was planning a trip and Cynthia was going through it, Kenya would have been like, Cynthia, take the master. Still would have been, I'm like, uh, master's anyway. Cynthia, get the next best room, if that. You know what I mean? Um, but also, I think that dynamic was kind of showing how their dynamic is in Atlanta. In Like, it sometimes give alliance, like, it doesn't always give friendship. Sometimes, yeah, you get you can get moments of sincerity between the two, but I think sometimes I do get the vibe that it's more an alliance and it looked more, it looked there because there were two Atlanta girls, it looked the most like an alliance because it's I I'm I'm looking at you, I know you like we <laughs> live in the same, we live in the same hood. There's no point in us going there and beefing, which also Luan and Ramona, they had their moment where they said no, I know you, you know me, like we see each other. And I think Melissa and Trey, I think it is interesting that they are, um, Melissa is married to Teresa's brother, but you can see that, you can see that that relationship is not 100% okay. And I won't say anything about what happens on New Jersey, but there have been a few tussles. You know, I know you like to tussle. (laughs) There have been a few tussles in the name of, marriage and sister-in-laws and so that relationship you can see it's still not okay yeah but um I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what else they have um but before we before we continue I have a little game for you Anesu mm-hmm. I gave Anesu a little homework assignment before we recorded this episode and I asked her not to look um or look too much into the hashtag and just come up we're gonna come up with our ideal Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Tour cast. So I'm not sure how you did. I realized my instructions weren't va- were, were kind of vague. So did you come with four names or eight names? I came with four. You came with four. Okay. So I'm going to see what names you say. Or we'll take it tit for tat. And then whatever names you say that I have, I'll remove my list, of course. Um, but basically, we're going to cast our own version of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Tour um obviously Anissi you are more uh Potomac and Atlanta watcher so obviously your picks will be based maybe more towards that um but I think we can come up I think I I feel you and I we can come up with a pretty solid cast um you will not know anything about the women I'm talking about at all some of them but I think I'll try to explain why I've picked it when I've picked and we'll see if we have any similarities or if we disagree. So I'm going to ask you to open with who you think should take the number one spot. Not that it's a ranking, but just the number one spot on the Housewives Ultimate Girls Tour cast. Okay. Um, for me, I think my first person is pretty obvious. I mean, it's going to be Miss Lenithia Leeds. Come on now. Come on now. I mean, that's reality TV royalty. Okay, bravo, universe, housewives royalty. Okay, the creme do yeah. like creme. I know that's right. And never ever wrong. Like, I mean, I don't think this even requires 
too much of an explanation. Mimi is Mimi. She's mm-hmm. entertaining. Um, I was trying to remember earlier, and I was like, I also know Mimi to be fun, messy. I think the people that she may be a little bit like she goes back and forth with the tussle is people that she really isn't feeling. But for the most part, I don't feel like she goes out of her way to start like hardcore drama. Um, she keeps it respectful. She keeps it cute. She keeps it civil. Even if she says something that might be like, oh, girl, it's never really like to the point where it's like, I, I can't believe Nini said that to me. Like, how could she? So I think that would make really good for, especially when you're mixing different franchises, you're not on home turf. I think you've all pretty much figured that when people aren't on their home turf, they are a lot more they're, they're not as relaxed so they're a little bit on their toes so maybe for people like kenya who'd normally like you know go below the belt she's not going to do that here because you're not in your backyard in atlanta where you can disrespect candy Portia, fallon this person whoever you want to you're literally on an island with these other people maybe you also want to make a good pressure to like all these other people's viewers as well because now you know it's not limited to the audience that is riding or dying for Atlanta. You now have a wider audience. How they perceive you means something, especially how she's been on Dancing with the Stars. If she decides to branch out into other like reality TV fields, you're going to just have to, you know, maybe be a little bit more likable. So nonetheless, I think every person or every housewife probably understands this. And even in, with Nini, even when he saw her on The Apprentice or The Celebrity Apprentice, Still, when it's other people that aren't housewives, that are, you know, new people, she just generally gets along with people really well. Um, apart from being entertaining, I mean, what more do you want? It just makes sense to me personally. Nini's at the top of mine because obviously Nini is the ultimate. When you think housewives, housewife royalty, you think Linithia Leaks. Like, there are few who have done it like her, few who have managed to stay relevant like her. Literally every other week, it's a video. It's a new video of Nini. And you're wondering, now how the hell they get this clip from season six, episode 12 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta? Baby, with its little pixelated self, it's relevant regardless. Like the video of Nini. And the thing is, if if you think about when you watch these episodes, you weren't really thinking I could mean this. You were just watching and saying, oh, look, Nini's running in heels. But Nini was running in heels has been one of the funniest memes I've seen all year. No, and the way a hilarious time on Twitter. Ah! <laughs> and the ways in which it's been used. Like, I remember um, one time Oloni tweeted, um, shall, we, shall we play a game, girls? Like, and Jackie Aina replied with that video of Nini Ryan and the, ah! um, Like, just all its different connotations. Like, there was another me running when my mom comes like with groceries and I have to come like get stuff out the thingy because obviously there were men running in heels there as well. So it's, 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 you know, she's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so I hundred percent agree. Nini deserves her, her spot. And I can't wait to see when they have her on uh rehearsal's ultimate girls trip, which shouldn't be far. Um, my, number two pick so I don't know how we're doing this I feel like the easiest I think you want to yeah I think the easiest way is if I do the non-Atlanta and Potomac girls and then maybe I let you do the Atlanta Potomac girls but I'm gonna argue with you one of the girls on my list is actually from New Jersey 
Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills. Okay, okay, okay. So we'll we'll tussle. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two, I think Teresa deserved Teresa deserved to be there. Um, you can see, like, I'm enjoying her now. I've only watched the one episode, but she has such a interesting backstory, and she is an interesting person in just herself and her story and how she went to jail. And you know, I remember, like, I didn't watch it then, but I remember you know, reading in the news, seeing on TV that one of the real housewives was going to jail and it wasn't even like she'd, you know, beat someone up on the cast. Literally, she'd done some other stuff off camera. So it was interesting to see. And like she said, she's wrote six books. And though she, for whatever reason, has this image painted of her that she's dumb, which I don't get, um, it is it is, it is, is good to see her on this cast. And I think I would keep her in my own fictional you know universe cast <laughs> I, I also think the fact that oh, she sorry. Was, oh sorry darling i was saying no i wanted to let you i i oh. realized you were gonna comment on Teresa <laughs> as well you're gonna cut um i agree with that because i also think she's quite relevant in this you remember in episode one even um when Ramona was trying to claim that she's more relevant and even Teresa was there's never been a time, I even saw a tweet that was saying that there's never been a time where Ramona's franchise has been referred to as Ramona's show, but with Trey, it's definitely been referred to as Teresa Trey's show. Yeah. So let's not get it twisted. You and I hate 800K. For them under 800K followers. And she's here in 2.2 million, you know, levels don't change. You and I are not. Number, numbers don't lie. They don't lie. And I think like she said, because she's one of the people who even opened the franchise, it's like that's so relevant like that makes the most sense so i i definitely agree with that one okay so who's our number three pick my number three pick is i hope i hope it's from the franchise i think you're about to talk about okay so this is about potomac (laughs) um (laughs) and what i'm about to say i hope you and everyone listening understands what i mean and I hope it's not too controversial, but I would like to see the Grand Dom. I would like to see the Grand Dom, um, Karen Huger. And I think one thing for me that, especially the more um, seasons Potomac gets, sometimes I feel like I wouldn't say she's outgrown her castmates, but sometimes I feel like there's a sl- like a slight mismatch. Yeah. Um, in the sense that I think she's really fed up of the fighting and tussling. She's <laughs> not a fan of the extreme shouting. She's not a fan of the cuss words. And even she literally reminds me of like a Southern Belle, as they would say. And there was even a part in the reunion part three. I'm um, just to quickly touch on this. They were talking about like going to the toilet and um, Robin is talking about a house and Andy was like oh but what if I needed to do a number two and Karen literally looks so mortified like I know you guys are not talking about number twos and that's such a an elderly like a, you know you're you're a woman you're a southern belle we don't talk about our toilet business like why are you doing you're a lady of a certain age you know you're so uncouth like how could you and I continue to see it throughout this reunion from part one to two at the different parts so people will say different things and she literally looks like she if she could shout get me out of here she would and i think for that reason i would love to see her not so much that um 
going on this girl's trip because I mean she could have literally been on the plane with Ramona not saying no you bitch you're not listening to anything I'm saying and she still would have been mortified but I would love to see what she would be like surrounded by women from other castes and also I feel like she's she's Potomac royalty like that's the OG of OGs she's been the grand dom so if anyone from from Potomac was ever going to be on something like this it's her for me anyway true true I have no comments you've (laughs) hit the nail on the head um so which franchise am I gonna pick I'm gonna talk about one you don't know um this might be a controversial one so please do correct me um (laughs) I'm gonna go with um Megan King Megan was on um Real Housewives of Orange County and she kind of became iconic (laughs) so there was a lady I don't know if I've talked to you about her there was a lady who um her partner had cancer at the time and after a bit of detective work by Miss Megan, she ended up discovering that the couple was lying about this lady's man having cancer. And it was literally, I think it was season 10 of Real Housewives of Orange County. It was, it was, it was mind-blowing that you could that A, someone would lie about having cancer. Like, don't do that. But two, that she she the whole season is like, this story doesn't make sense. So basically, because Megan's husband's ex-wife had cancer she from that knew had learned a bit about cancer and like I think it was like she was his wife while his ex-wife was sick so she knew she would it was oh we're taking it to this this doctor what this 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 and then I think the man had said oh I have the same cancer as her and it's like oh um you might as well go to this doctor like I've got a doctor for you who's really good I don't know if the wife the ex-wife ended up passing away or what but the doctor was well recommended and they didn't take it and she just noticed there were weird things she talked about medicines and they wouldn't know what she was talking about and she's like hold on there's a problem here like this man you like, have cancer but you don't know this medication you don't know what drugs you're on you don't like you don't even go to it for a second opinion you have the money like it's not even a money thing you don't want to go for a second opinion to my doctor um you didn't even pay attention and Lo and behold, she was one of the people who really pushed to find out what was going on. She found out they were lying. She got them to finally admit they were lying about him having cancer. And honestly, I think that makes for an iconic housewife. Um, She's had a few iconic moments. There was a time one of of the ladies on the cast was in like, like a June buggy and it flipped. And then she was involved in the accident, right? And then they asked, and then, after a few weeks, someone asked her, oh no, so then they heard that it happened and then someone's like, oh, Megan, are you not going to check on her? And she's like, what? Check on her? She's your friend. Like, I'm like, like, and this was the lady, oh, actually, this was the lady who was in the relationship where they were lying. Oh, she's she's like, like, check on her. Not me. Certainly not I. Um, certainly not I. So I think throughout her time, she really did place herself as an iconic housewife. She gave you know lifestyle she gave everything she needed to give and I think in terms of OC I did try to when doing this get as diverse a mix based on you know how long the franchise has been on and stuff like that and I think out of all the housewives who really stick out to me um in in OC I think it would be her who deserved it 
back to you. Um, my next one is probably very difficult because I guess it's shared <laughs> if I can do that, but like I would be happy with either or. Um, oh yeah, I have either or as yes. well. So my either or these are from Atlanta, Portia or Phaedra. Um, <laughs> I'm, I said Portia or Phaedra or Kenya. But I think I wanted to see how the rest of the cast would be before I put Kenya. Kenya, oh, okay. Kenya, there'd have to be a very specific cast that I'd need balance. But yeah, Phaedra or Portia, I agree. Um, I think Phaedra or Portia, and I'm... What is there to say? Iconic. Miss Feifei. Who, uh, but who are you, le- are you leaning more t- towards either? Honestly, I'm leaning more towards either, maybe a little bit more towards Portia, only because ah, sometimes I feel like in the past seasons and even in other reality shows that Paige has been on, well, she's only been in one. I think it was the marriage marriage boot camp, yeah. Um, and I remember at the time I wasn't really watching much else, so like there wasn't much else going on, so I was able to watch this season of Celebrity Marriage Boot Camp, whatever. And even in this show, she didn't give much of herself. And I feel like it took me back to Atlanta, even early days where pre Apollo <laughs> having the case, Phaedra would just make up all sorts of lies. And I don't think she did it to be like a serial, like a or pathological liar. I just think for whatever reason that she had, she just didn't want people like in her business like that because she was just always very picky about what she showed on the show i don't know what the reason for that would be but that being said i think as a viewer it sometimes gives you the sense of you you don't get to know this character apart from what they show you which is which is the case for all of them but i just don't feel like it should be so blatantly obvious that you are picking and choosing what to share with us because at the end of the day no matter how much casting i mean how much scripting goes into reality tv the viewer is supposed to be under the impression that they're getting as much reality as possible. So when you make it really painfully obvious that you're picking and choosing what to show with Bravo, with people, it kind of gets a sense of there's no point in you being on a reality show when people can't get to know you as an individual. But in terms of how she obviously navigates herself on the show and how she relates with the other women, it's really entertaining. We've all said that in terms of housewives who can read, Miss Fefe is up there in the top three of Bravo history. Like she will have a quick response where she will read you um, for filth. If you are someone who she really doesn't like, like in her case, Kenya, she will take it to hell if she needs to. And say, even if it's sometimes not unkind, I mean, if it's sometimes unkind, at the end of the day, if we're talking about reading, she has that capability. And I do think she and Nini are are just those two housewives who have left, obviously because I don't watch the other franchises, who have left a franchise and ever since they left, we have felt their lack of presence. You don't get anyone saying with Latoya, I mean, I'm pretty sure when the season starts, we're not gonna miss her. But even in the past, when Eva wasn't there anymore, we didn't feel like, oh my gosh, we miss Eva. When other houses, think of Potomac, me personally, I think it would be nice to have Sharice back because as an OG, it's unfortunate how things ended up going. 
But at the same time, her absence is not really felt that much. Same as who was the other girl who used to be at the beginning of the show? Um, Kim. Kim. This is Potomac. Sheree. Oh, Potomac. Sharice. Not Sharice. The other one who ended Katie? up with that. Huh? Katie. Katie. Katie's presence was not really missed. Even if you go back to um, Atlanta, Kim's presence. It was nice in Kim and Nini's dynamic. But we don't entirely feel like, oh my gosh, where's Kim? Same as um, Sheree. Sheree was lovely on the show and we miss her dynamic. But she's not someone who felt like this show is not the same without Sheree. Nini and Phaedra are probably like the two housewives who we've really significantly felt their absence and feel like, oh my gosh, if we could have them back, this would take the show back to what it really was. So um, yeah, that, for that reason, that's probably why I'm like, hmm. I get it. But then with Portia, I feel like Portia gives you a sense of who she is. She's really, really funny. Um, and she's universally funny. Sometimes I feel like with Phaedra, some of the things she says, it's a certain type of humor that I feel like probably not. It works well for the Black crowd. I don't know if she cracked the same type of jokes around the Caucasian crowd. Would it hit the same? Would they get it? And if they don't get it, it's just not even as funny because then they're, they're like, huh, what? So it don't hit the same words. Portia, I feel like her being younger, she can relate to many people. She can do ATL, I feel like she has that humor that's palatable to everyone. She's funny, you get to know her, entertaining, and she gets well, gets along well with people. Yep, I'm not gonna dispute that. Honestly, Portia was on my list. It was it was the second Atlanta seat was either Portia, Phaedra, or Kenya. Um, but honestly, out of the three of them. Portia makes the most sense. She's got a good dynamic with Nini. Even if her Nini weren't on the best of terms, that would still make for good TV if they are good TV regardless. And I think, um, yep, they would be interesting to see. Go, go, go at go at the other girls, you know, together. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna go into my Potomac pick. I'm gonna be controversial and we'll debate this. I'll debate, I'll debate who the second chair should be for okay. Potomac but I'm gonna say it should go to Candace honestly for the work Candace has put in honestly since she came on the show regardless of how you feel about her regardless of how I feel about her and her mouth <laughs> Candace at the end of the day has done what she has done in the time she's been on Real Housewives it's akin to um Kenya and Portia when they came in on season five of Real Housewives of Atlanta it it, it's crazy just electrified the show the show like really had its super duper moments super jam-packed moments the shade got real you know she's got an interesting lifestyle you know you want to know more about Candice um whether or not people like her that's another thing but I think in the event that Candice was on a uh, in the in the event that Potomac did get seats on this I do honestly think it would it should go to Candice I did the people who I wasn't sure about, Karen or Giselle, I was thinking it had to be one of them, but I think it makes more sense to go to Karen. Um, you know me, I love Monique, but I don't think Monique, um, I don't think Monique would deserve, like she's not an all-star. She, I love her, period, but she's not an all, like she's not someone who you're like, whoa, represents Potomac, but I think Karen represents season one, you know, from season one, whereas Candice represents when she kind of came in. Um, so we both agreed on Candice. 
I don't dispute that whatsoever. I feel like if it were anyone else, it would either just not be as entertaining um, and there wouldn't be balance. I feel even with Kenya and Cynthia, there's balance because they're not the same. If we had Giselle and Karen, it would probably be really similar, especially considering the other castmates around them. So they already would, especially Giselle, she wouldn't behave the way she normally behaves on Potomac anyway. And then her and Karen are very much similar. They might have similar commentary-ish. Um, Candice would bring something different. Like you said, Karen represents the OG from season one. Candice is a representative of the more recent time. Um, and like you said, her bringing literally she electrified the show um last week you were engaging with this tweet that was talking about um what moment in the franchise do you think it, it, it gave it its moment or what was really that turnaround moment in for Potomac and like you said I agreed a lot of a lot of people on Twitter agreed it would probably definitely be the fight with Monique and Candice and from then a lot of people who weren't watching Potomac ever who didn't pay much attention because I'm not gonna lie when Potomac started in the beginning it was quite dusty um the people weren't really giving my dusty ah baby dusty like especially I don't know why the way even like from the wigs the dressing in comparison to the current um ATL season that was on at in that same year you would think this is coming from like a different year like what is what is happening i do think in the beginning they hadn't maybe become accustomed to obviously being on tv and reality tv and how everything should work so you had even karen she's grown into herself in a way she's not as uppity she's she's able to let loose have a laugh we saw her getting drunk with the fireball we seen her with the vaccinated this season and she's able to just laugh it off whereas before she was a lot more uptight a lot more conscious of everything that's happening and at that time it wasn't making for the best reality tv which i would understand why some people would have started that franchise and been like child anyway so fast forward to that fight with giselle not Giselle, Monique and Candice, it was really like what's happening and the two cast members involved aren't as uppity. Candice is here with her sniper mouth. Ra-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Monique said, bet, I've had enough of you. She's putting the paws on this girl. It was a moment. And I think following that, everything that came after, even prior to that fight, to be honest, Candace continued to hold her own and her storyline or her participation or her place on the show just wasn't limited to, to one role. Monique, if she wasn't necessarily having a problem with Cherise or Candace, everything else was very much wholesome, wife, mother narrative, might have some issues with your mom-in-law, but that's pretty much it. There wasn't much else in terms of, is she entertaining? Candace is able to be the life of the party, like if she's not having issues with you and she's there to have a good time, she's a really good time. She's a fun time. She's cracking jokes. She's laughing at the shade in the corner, like whoop, eating her chips, sipping her drink. So I think putting her on a trip, like, I mean, a show like Ultimate Ghost Tour, you know, it makes sense. She'd be funny. She wants to have a good time. If you come at her sideways, RIP, because she's about to take it there. And that would probably be really interesting to see with these other women who, if they were shaking in their boots at Kenya saying now what you're not going to do at this trip is call me a bitch. I don't know what they're about to do for Candice. They're about to fall down and die. 
And even then, can Kenya didn't even do much. She just said, "Don't call me a bitch." Ah. But you saw how the other ladies were like, "Whoa, she took it." Th-. Like even though, rem- like I don't know how they. I I mean, they don't really call each other bitch on the other franchises, but that that elicited that reaction from them. I'm like, girl. Yeah. All she said was, "Don't call me a bitch. Don't call me out. Don't call me outside of my name if you don't know me." Mm. And that honestly, if they think that's bad, Kenya. They really have not been watching Atlanta. But I, going back to the main point, I do think that they they would just not be able to handle that side of Candace. But again, like we, you were saying earlier on, because already we can see it in Kyle and Melissa, people are going out the way to not be confrontational. Um, I wonder if they were on this specific cost. Candace probably wouldn't have that problem. But in the cost that we're drafting, I don't know if there would be someone to poke at Candace to ignite that in her. You don't think you don't think Nini is gonna say anything? I don't know. I, I mean Nini is also I don't think Nini is a person who goes out of her way to start anything, but I think if Nini thinks something about you, she will tell you. That's she will cool. tell you and she'll say, Oh, I'm surprised you're not like this, because from what I know, you're like this. And then Candace, I'm like, what? You are going to call me that? You know, and Nini's a big woman, so I'd be careful. Last but time. I do also think one thing I've noticed about Candace is she picks her battles wisely. Mm. So I also don't know if she would, not even if she would, she wouldn't dare step to Portia. She could step to a Portia. Even a Portia is really like, baby. Portia, Portia's not afraid of those hands. Tread, tread carefully. <laughs> Push with your hands and you'll be here with your folded white tissue in, in, in four or five seconds. You don't want to do that. Child. But yeah. Um, she ran this cast out. Hmm? I, I said I agree with Candace um, as a pick. How many is that now? Six? We have six. Yeah, we have six. Um, so the last. I was going to say actually. Okay, it? let's debate that one. I was also going to say. Now I know it's very early to see her or in fact even calling her all-star is a bit dead but the one thing that the only reason why I would put her in there is I heard about the terrible season she basically had maybe not terrible season but like just the microaggressions just the way everything worked and how you know, she took a lot of things lying down. And even in her and saying she took a lot of things lying down, it could potentially be because, you know, you don't want to come across as the angry Black woman. These people are already being so microaggressive and racist in subtle ways that you probably then don't want to be confrontational with people who either crocodile or white women tears their way out of things or gaslight you and call you oversensitive or you're taking it the wrong way or whatever. That she just ends up being like, ah, and that being said I would actually like to see what she's like with a different cast to properly see what she's like as a housewife maybe you know what yeah maybe it's a bit early because she's only had one season but I think from what I've seen oh she's had two seasons yes but um from what I've seen the little clips and stuff like that this specific franchise I don't think it's for her I don't think it and I I can't make that judgment because I don't know her as an individual so she might be more Caucasian adjacent in her lifestyle and the people she hangs out with, things she does. But I would like to see what she's like with a different cast. Yeah, with with a cast where her blackness is not 
he's not tiptoed around he's not mm-hmm. an issue i get what you mean um and we could argue about that putting her on in terms of trying to get more out of garcelle but i think my picks i've literally just picked them because when i think about these franchises that i've watched i think you know what you like you did you did the work you put you worked to put your franchise on the map you showed up to work um so i'm just saying my last two picks um i'm not sure if you the listener know them because anisu does not (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm first gonna say kim richard so that's kyle's sister from um real housewives of beverly hills so basically, Kim, um, there's always this clip on Twitter that uh, trends every once in a while of um, these white women arguing. And um, it's, it's from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when they took their cast trip to Amsterdam. Um, and Kim is the one who basically takes on half of the cast. She argues with about four women at the same time. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny to see. And it's a testament to just how capable Kim is at taking other women on. She's not, she doesn't back down from a fight, baby. Um, is it the one where she's like screaming and they're trying to hold her back with tears in her eyes? With yeah, the, is you it? You know the- how they put it next to the cats? <laughs> No, 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 not that oh, one. Okay. The other one, I don't know if you've seen it. They're sitting around a table, um, about six, seven, maybe eight women. And then it's like, you beast, beast? Oh, yes. That's nothing but nice to you. That one. <laughs> I've seen that. And then, and, then, and then she's like, you would have my back like a real sister would. And then, so she's arguing her sister to her left. She's arguing with three women in front of her. And then I think one of the ladies says something and then she's like, oh, you're upset? Have a, have a piece of bread and maybe you'll calm down. And that lady, there were rumors that she's anorexic. <laughs> so it was like, Kim, don't. Wait, what? That lady is what? There were rumors that she doesn't eat very much slash she has an eating disorder. Let me not say anorexic. She has an eating disorder. So she's like, have a piece of bread and maybe you'll calm down. And then. Everyone is losing their minds over Candace Dillard and this is what's oh happening. Oh my gosh. And then after that, um, so, um Yolanda Hadid inter like she interrupts them she says you know what I understand where everybody's coming from um Lisa Rena it's Lisa Rena Lisa Rena has had something about the husband then Kim says oh let's talk about the husband and then Lisa Rena flips it and almost so she reaches over the table almost strangles her and she says don't you ever go after my husband and then Kim is like oh what oh what and it's it is the most chaotic two minutes and the t- clip trends every once in a while. And I think that's probably where Beverly Hills got more, got a lot of its cult following because a lot of people got into it because they're like, obviously they want to understand even the cat meme you reference. She's not in the cat meme, but um, yeah, they just, I think Atlanta, after Atlanta, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about it meme wise, but I think um, Thingy as well. Um, Beverly, Hills. Beverly Hills as well has a few memes and she contributed to them um the other lady as well is from beverly hills but also my bias so honestly guys let us know using the hashtag r-e-a-l-i-t-y-c-h-k-p-o-d which is the same as our handles on instagram and twitter to let me know to let us know sorry what um cast you would like to see 
if ever you were given, you know, the reins to form your own cast. But lastly, I'll just put um, Camille. So Camille was married to the man from Frasia. I don't know if you remember it, the sitcom when we were young, like 19. Yes, I remember that one. She was married to him. Um, and basically the rumor was that he put her on the sh- He told her, oh no, do rehearse her of Beverly Hills so that he could divorce her by the end. Huh? Which doesn't make sense by the end of that season because, like, I think he wanted to keep her busy. It didn't make any sense because it's like, so you tell me to go on this show and then by the end of the season, we're divorcing. It was kind of like Portia and Cordell, except okay. we went into the reunion knowing they were going to get a divorce. Um, yeah, it was crazy to see and it was crazy how it played out. But I think in terms of, all-star and a woman who I never was really bored on the seasons she was on that's her for me personally but yeah like I said let us know what we what you thought of our ultimate girls trip cast our ultimate ultimate girls trip cast and I think now we're gonna switch gears and just go right into the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion part three Yes, sir. What did you think um, about part three? I'm going to continue what I said last week. Wendy, I don't know if Wendy realized that going into this reunion, we were on her side anyway. Like, we really didn't need convincing. Giselle was dead wrong. But somehow she's managed to alienate me. I'm finding out ways to file the paperwork to join Team Giselle because... Giselle did what Giselle did was dead wrong but somehow it just I just feel like it's better to not even it's better but it's 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 easier to just stand Giselle because Wendy is just really trying for a moment and she's really pushing a narrative that we were always going to be on her side that's what I'm saying we're always going to be on your side but the way she's doing it the receipts aren't landing the punches aren't landing none of what she's saying is really landing which is crazy because all the evidence is stacked up against basically all the light-skinned members of this cast except Bob maybe Karen Um, but then again I did say I don't know if it was on the podcast that I did say this season was the season I just sat to myself and said you know what I would never want to watch Real Housewives of Potomac without Giselle Giselle is a messy a gorgeous mess she she brings it I think just where she needs to focus her attention on is dressing better and also learning how to gather the girls and read read a bitch because in terms of reading she's not giving she says her little things but there's nothing really memorable that she's ever said so I'd like her to maybe work on that um, and just learn to pay the girl's dust about her not having a man because who cares if she doesn't have a man but the way she responds and the way she acts it's what makes people think it's something they can say about her or drag about her so I do wish she would just focus on that next season literally just come back from her hot girl summer and say yeah I'm, I'm pretty I'm this I'm this pay Wendy no mind Wendy is gonna run out of like Wendy can only they can only Wendy and Giselle can only an- antagonize each other for so long and at some point well as the, we as the viewers are gonna get tired of it but I don't see us getting tired of Giselle you know that quickly wow I had a lot to say 
<laughs> that's funny <laughs> um i agree and disagree with some things i'm gonna start with wendy wendy bored me um i i too actually came out of this being really tired of wendy i just feel like like you said we were already on her side um the only thing i'll say in her defense is I think Wendy didn't feel as much support from her cast members. And for some reason that led her to believe that the viewers probably feel the same. And so I think that's why she found herself, but she now finds herself in this decision where she's done too much to the point where we're all tired of her. And now we actually almost don't want to be on her side because you've crossed the line and now you're doing way too much. Um, she's doing the thing Robin does with Giselle or with Candice where she keeps trying to butt in to come to Candice's defense and that lady does not need it at all like that lady does not need anybody defending her coming to her rescue she's good she's absolutely fine on her own child if anything everyone's trying to save her from herself like she definitely doesn't need you Um, so that was annoying to me I will say it's quite sad that like, and I think this is one thing that I noticed that sometimes this is Andy's world. And Andy heavily plays a part in how things go. And so it, it's happened in all three parts of the reunion that Andy will keep cutting Wendy off Sometimes he's just kind of like not letting her finish answering the questions. And yeah, at some points, Wendy does interrupt, but Andy doesn't always have the same energy for other people who interrupt. Um, and I know Andy's job is to be shady, but I really, hear me out. I don't think the receipts thing did what Wendy thought it was gonna do. But I also feel like a lot of it also came from Andy denying her some of that or denying her that moment i think andy's also tired of wendy like we all are Andy can see probably as a, i mean he's been doing this for so long he can probably tell when people are trying to have a moment unlike maybe we're with monique that actually was listen don't fuck with me it was I, it was re very well researched she had her sources she, she had extra sources that no one's ever thought or imagined would come up um, so obviously in that situation it's clear to see that Monique is not trying to have a moment and Wendy is reaching into that we've already touched on the different things she's been doing you can see she's trying to have an iconic housewife or iconic reunion moment but I really didn't like the fact that Andy thought to come and be like or to mention the fact that uh, well we went from a binder and now we're going through this deck huh, we've gone down I tell you like little things like that Like it, we have though no, no, we have, but you didn't have that energy. About the binder. About the binder. And even for other people who had papers or whatever, Andy hasn't had that energy. Because from what I saw from some of the tweets, there have been other reunions where even other people have now been bringing their receipts, they printed, whatever. And he has not once said that to them that, oh, we've gone down. Granted, they're from a different cast. So maybe in his head, he feels like, oh, well, I'm obviously going to keep it specific to this cast. But other people who've done that following Monique's binder moment, he hasn't said that to them. So I'm like, why is it that you only have this energy for Wendy? And I don't know if it's a thing where he's also tired of the way we were, but I do think if you're the host, unfortunately, you can't be biased. 
that's why obviously he said to Nikki that Nikki's allowed to have bias, but he's not. Um, we shouldn't be able he'd be to bi- he'd be biased as he'd hell. He'd be biased as hell. And I think for me, that's what's a little bit annoying because we already know that your friends are certain people on the cast. You get along with others more. But we as the viewers, even if we aren't neck deep in Bravo land, I shouldn't be able to know. We shouldn't be able to see that this one and any are friends, kind of we saw them that time. This one and this one are friends. If I had not seen the Instagrams and the whatevers, I shouldn't be able to tell. Um, or I shouldn't be able to tell who annoys you along with the rest of us. Let us be annoyed by whoever. You be who annoyed by whoever, but don't show us who's annoying you because that's not your job as the host of a reunion. Um, I do agree that though with Giselle, at some point she's going to need to learn to read the girls. I also feel like even though Wendy's receipts, like that claim didn't land, they were still very much relevant. And I wish Giselle would stop talking. Um, I spoke about this, I don't know if it was the last week but the week before where Giselle is one of those people who really stands firm in anything she says. She does not care how ridiculous it sounds, how stupid or mad she looks. Nope, nope. Giselle, who last season said Monique was wrong for clocking Candice, this season oh, no, no, has no, not no, I'm not, Okay, let me reword that. Giselle, oh, does, not, Giselle does not stand in her word. But she what knows. I mean is when it comes to reunion, if Giselle tells you the cat jumped over the moon, she will say the cat jumped over the moon when everyone brings the receipt that says, but you said okay. it was the dog. No, the cat jumped over the moon. When it comes to reunion and people showing her receipts, she she didn't change what she was saying when Wendy said, Miss Mamas, you said we spoke about a lot of things. Here's the phone call record, 63 but, seconds. Okay, but telling me 63 seconds, what does that prove? It I'm doesn't... So sorry, Leo. By the time I've asked you what have you done this weekend and you've gone through Saturday alone, a minute has passed. Especially nah. for what she was saying to Wendy. Okay. She tried to say she also mentioned that whole Eddie conversation. Okay, but that's not a conversation said, that's going to happen in 60 That's But for me, that's not the point of a receipt. A receipt would have just would have been verbatim what she had said during a transcript of that call saying, you said this at minute two and at minute three. Like the fact that it's just time. I get why Andy was saying the union, the receipt didn't land. It didn't land. You just have a time. You don't have proof that what Giselle is saying you guys discussed was not discussed. Regardless of, yeah, we could go back and forth and say, what can you discuss in a minute and 16 seconds with someone? True, but at the same time, you'd think that a, uh, a receipt would have, it would have all the facts, point blank period, in black, white, and yellow, you know? I hear you, but I think Giselle's not even able to say that. So what's the point? Rather stop talking because you look and sound ridiculous. Okay. You see how you just explained it now? Giselle mm-hmm. couldn't even say that. She couldn't even say, I'm so sorry. She's not, she's not quick on her feet, but I want, I think what I also, what I want her to do is acknowledge she is messy and just say, like, I agree. She can't, she can't just sit there and be like, I'm messy. We all messy. You messy. I'm messy. Sorry. Bye. You know, she's still trying to claim or maintain the fact that she was going to say something to Wendy. And even when the question was asked, she still lied because she said, I was planning on saying something, but by the time we got to Williamsburg and I saw how defensive you were, I just decided I'm not going to say anything anymore. But the point is, 
You shouldn't have even gone and spoken about it with Robin and then went to Ashley's house while she was breastfeeding and discussed it then. Your first point of contact should have been Wendy. This is what Wendy's saying. And she's being silly, pretending like she doesn't get it or she's not hearing Wendy. And she's still saying, I was going to, but by the time it got to Williams, Bird, you were different. She ain't shit for that. Um, I think I also don't like how Giselle gaslights. Um, True. It's, it's, it's not nice. And the way Funky Geneva was feeling about... Candice, I'm starting to get that way about Giselle. Only because it's not that what she does isn't or the things she says are worse. I just don't like the lack of accountability. She'll sit here up and down and talk about how Candace doesn't take accountability, which she doesn't. And Giselle can't do the same thing. Giselle, like you were saying just now, her flip-flopping ass, because there's even a tweet I saw. I want to read it so that you guys know. Something about you, child. You go find us some receipts. I'm gonna find you guys some receipts, okay? Um, what did she say? It was in reference to Michael. Oh yeah, somebody saying Lamar Giselle saying Michael hasn't made people uncomfortable like G has. How much is Michael paying all of these people to forget how much they hate him every season? Giselle has spoken about for seasons and seasons and seasons and seasons before this season's current new friendship with Ashley about Michael and the things Michael has done nonstop from the producer stuff, from the different allegations, from how Michael just behaves. And now all of a sudden at this reunion, I think the difference is that, da, 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 what are you talking about, bro? Like, does this make sense? And Giselle, I feel like she picks and chooses on that day what she feels works for her tomorrow she'll be saying g wasn't as bad and that's for me it's like she's she's taking it to a point where now i actually don't want to watch on my screen like i'd i'd actually be fine if just didn't come back unless robin leaves and she shows a significant change in her behavior i'm going to just i don't i don't i don't, really? I don't like the gaslighting i don't like the you see karen this is why karen's my goat Karen even sat and said, you know what? I just thought the Simpson thing sounded nice. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. She'll come and say, oh, you know what? I, I just, I was just upset at Robin at that time. We just had a back and forth. And I just felt like at that time, that was probably the response that was effective enough or this would have hurt her or it was fitting. At least people can take ownership of it. Fine. I think Giselle said it one time, this, this past part that, oh, I just said that. I forgot what it was in reference to. But other than that, she doesn't take accountability. And I think, guys, gaslighting people is really nasty. And this is something that Robin and Giselle are queens of. And I'm actually sick of it. Whether Robin is gaslighting Juan, whether it's Wendy, whether it's this person, Giselle, same thing. She gaslights anybody and everybody and be like, we were just concerned. I just wanted to know this. She gaslit Karen that season with the tax reform thing and tried to run up and down and claim it was a joke. That's not a joke, baby. You want it to be messy. And it's not fine, but at least have, have the decency to be honest about the fact that you just enjoy being messy. That's it. But she won't do that. And for me, it's not, it's, it's tired. Especially if she was just lying and not taking ownership, the gas lighting for me, too much. I think I could stand Giselle a bit longer than I could Robin. Robin, like I said last week, Robin gaslights everybody around her. Robin will literally say something to you and you will go off that information and she'll come back to you and ask you, what? Who said that? Like, like what? That's not what I meant. Like, she acts like she doesn't understand why people do the things they do 
after she starts something like Wendy, um, Monique, even um, Juan, like it's just it. She knows no end when it comes to her gaslighting, and for that reason, it makes watching her un- not enjoyable. Um, this part, I think Candace was a lot more enjoyable. This part, I think, maybe because it wasn't as focused on her. Last part, I did say I, I got where Funky Denis was coming from. Candace really doesn't take ownership, but this part she came off a lot better. Um, I enjoyed her. Um, she was fun, she was light. Um, like I've said, I'm not the biggest fan of Housewives when it goes too dark. I think there's just a slight level, there's a level of shade and fun that I enjoy. But um, one thing I do want us to get into right at the beginning is how Giselle. Speaking of Giselle's flip-flopping, um, how Giselle is saying that G is worse to be around in public than Michael. I didn't seem to make the connection with that. Um, yes, <clears throat> Michael is inappropriate. Michael is, I mean, G is inappropriate, very much so. G should not be talking about the length of his thing in public, and he should not be licking his tongue at women in the group. Who are not his wife he's open to do that to his wife he paid for her he's her benefactor that's fine but to do it to other whether they're married or not women is wrong what i have a problem with <laughs> is giselle now coming to act like michael has not been accused and conv- not even convicted seen we've seen some of the things he's done some of the things he said he said he would suck one's thing. He said he groped um, Katie's partner at the times, but that time he gropes how many camera men, whatever's, but um, he was sued for sexual assault. He, there were pictures of allegedly his dingling all over the Instagrams and the grinders, you know, for someone who's had all this and this was discussed on the show, I would be one thing if it never was discussed on the show. It was just stuff we as the fans were discussing amongst ourselves, but it's not. They have discussed it. They have said, oh, Michael's this, Michael is that, Michael is that. But G is worse to be around in public. Get out right here. Get and right that's right. why I'm like, it's becoming so insufferable because there's just no way you can say. It's the mere fact that for seasons in succession, Giselle herself has been the one continuously bringing up these things. That's why I'm like, now that she conveniently has this newfound friendship with Ashley, all of a sudden, she's mysteriously forgotten. How how many times in the past season she herself kept bringing up all these things that um Michael was doing or that Michael did, as in actively. They even in the reunion showed a montage of the number of times Giselle has spoken about the things Michael has done. So now it's like, how, how is it that now we're at this reunion and you've for, conveniently forgotten, or now G is worse? G even sat there and literally just said to Ashley, I'm so sorry, da, 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 that wasn't my intention. His apology to me anyway seemed sincere. He wasn't going to backtrack or go back and forth. He, he seemed like he meant it. Um, that's nothing near of what Michael has done, ever. If anything, it's deny, deny, deny. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And then that's it. And I just think those are the little things that make it like when, for me anyway, when you cross certain lines, 
I just don't even want to see your face, quite frankly. Because that for me, I mean, you know how I feel about Michael, man. And I just think for her to sit there and um, knowing all what all knowing all she knows, just because you now have this friendship with Ashley, don't do that. I would have even rather she didn't say anything while they were discussing G and his inappropriate behavior. I literally would have rather she kept quiet. You are not gonna sit here and make it seem like G's worse than Michael. At least G kept his hands to himself. At and you know, G he did not not say, you know what I mean? And even when he was when he did those things, he was he didn't then proceed to do anything. Michael that time took his pants off and literally wanted to jump overboard. And Giselle was the one who even had to be like, Michael, pull your pants up. And all of a sudden, G's worse. It's like she has this selective memory when it comes to who she's trying to take down in the moment. And while she doesn't seem like she has a problem with Mia, that to me stuck out. A, as very anti-Black because that's the only difference I can see. Aside from the difference in the way they've acted, G has not sexually harassed anyone. Um, G has kept his clothes on. G, um, G is black, Michael is white. These are the facts of it. And for um, Giselle to now have a bit more leeway, a bit more room in her heart for Michael's antics, yeah, it's not giving, sorry. Oh, no. Not at all. I'm not here for it. One, one little bit. That's what I was like for me personally. If she actually doesn't stop behaving this way or and sometimes giselle i mean i don't know if you've seen this it gives a lot of like insecurity in her position on the show because it's, it's never lost on me that she always tries to pick something with the new girls it used to be monique there was candace at a point um even with candace it wasn't really that deep but it's usually these new girls, I don't know if she usually feels easily threatened, because with Monique, baby, she rode that hay train till the wheels fell off, until Monique eventually was no longer a cast member of um, Real Housewives of Potomac, and it's not lost to me that she continues to do that, and like you said, the common denominators, but not going to sit here and pretend that these people aren't Black or aren't a darker shade of Black, and this is why I'm like, Giselle is, is definitely not the one to sit here and deny the colorism accusations and stuff and time and time again she literally shows her ass i just feel like there's no saving that lady and that's why for me i'm like i would actually be fine if she wasn't here um also even speaking about mia though boy i think as much as we talk about candace always wants to get the last word me is the same but she also just can't back her chat but the number of times we keep having Mia just chiming in and saying this, and you're not even saying it because you agree with the point or you even care or it's coming from a place of concern. You're, you're trying to continue sparring with Wendy or with Candace. You'll say that little thing that doesn't even make sense. Like maybe you weren't there with the Wendy thing. She was now commenting and it's like, this has never been your energy. You know that you only have this energy because you and Wendy are at odds. And you want to come and say something just to get under her skin or to feel like you now have you've you've got a one-up on her. Um it's not nice to me. I also really didn't like her snarky little smile when Candace was talking about Dot because I feel like for someone who's been crying victim, let me know I'm saying crying victim, I'm not gonna lie, what Candace told was horrible. So for someone who's felt that way, fine. I don't know if you now feel like you wanna be like, ha ha. 
now you have issues with your mom too but for me personally that's just not a good outlook on life like it doesn't when i when bad things happen to me just because someone's my enemy and i see that happen to that person i'm not satisfied because it's generally not a nice thing and more so if i'm trying to drive the point home to that what you did wasn't nice if anything it would have been like but do you see how easy it is for other people to comment on your home affairs your family affairs and how it's not a nice feeling this is why people say you need to be mindful with how low you take things that would have driven the point home. Candace may have still been stubborn or still had some snarky things to say, but you've driven your point home while reminding someone that this is why you need to be mindful of the things that you say or do. Instead, you're saying they're smirking or whatever. The next time you say something, people aren't going to feel as sorry for you. Um, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, you're not going to... It's like the same as somebody complaining about bullying and then you want to bully someone else. The next time you complain about it, we're going to be like, well, you're doing the same thing, so... It's fine. All is fair in a bravo and war. <laughs> um, that's just how it's going to come across. Um, and the last thing I also feel is that Mia doesn't have boundaries. I feel like the little thing... Mia or Candace? Mia. Um, oh. I think when everything happened... I mean, Candace obviously doesn't have boundaries. I just wanted us to get that out there. To, uh... You just want to get that out the way. She ain't got no boundaries. She doesn't have any limits. That's Miss... Mrs. Dillard, or I forgot Chris's name, but cool. Bassett. Is it? Oh, there we go, Bassett. But I think um, the whole thing of like trying to compare Candace calling you handsome and you saying Chris wanted to toss my salad. I think you know what that does. As someone who has seen what it's like when people are speaking on your, on your family situations, and she was the one. It's not going to be the same. Like what she said about Chris is nowhere near Candace's comment about her mom. But um, on that boat, she was saying, you know, I'm the type of person when I'm having an argument with you, say whatever the hell you want to say to me. The other person has got nothing to do with them. Leave them out of it. That's what Mia said on the boat when they had their little kumbaya and it seemed like everything was fine. There is no need for you to now say stuff like, he wanted to toss my salad. And as much as she's sitting here like, I mean, I retracted that immediately. It's too late. You know how things work in social media. You know how everyone's going to take things to TMZ, the shade room, this place, that place. You know what it's like. You know how people run with things. You know how these little blogs work, even the ones that are supposedly, you know, they're, they're not reliable or whatever. You just know how these systems work. And for you to sit there and do that, for me, that's a lack of a boundary. And I would expect so much more for someone who experienced somebody going so below the belt and not having boundaries when it came to them having a disagreement with you, I just expected a little bit more from her. I was just like, girl, girl, come on. <laughs> come on now. Like, you're not the person to be doing that. And this is why she's not beating the innocent allegations. I feel like each part she shows me something that I'm like, no, you're big for this innocent this is why they're coming for you commenting about your future this year that because from this reunion we can see mm -mm, you're not this little damsel in distress that was so shocked at oh my god oh my god but i do think a lot of mia we don't know who mia is i don't think any of us can walk away from that season and say we've seen a lot of who she is as a person it seems like every step of the way it's been a facade or she's shown us what she wants, how she wants the world to view her. We don't know who she is, 
So that being said, I, we can't tell, is she innocent? Is she not innocent? Is she like, she can't, I mean, she definitely can't read for shit. But I mean, is she one of these people who really was just taken aback by how these women actually are or how other people are going to be attacking her online so maybe she didn't know what to expect or is she hood or is she not? Is she, do you know what I mean? Like all of it just seems like a facade and she's another one I'm like, it's giving a little pod kettle in some instances. Just be careful because you were definitely wronged. But now the rate that you're going, it easily makes other people be like, ah. I've just got one sentence for Mia. I just came back from the dead and they told me you're still not that girl. <laughs> like you can tell there's a girl she wants to be, which is kind of indirect conflict with the girl she is or the girl her actions are making her become so I do hope Nia's a bit more careful in her delivery of things um the way I the way she owned the what she said about Chris I didn't really like like the apology she could have been a bit more sincere it was just I think with a lot of the things she's been you know asked about this reunion she's just yeah I won't do it again I've learned my lesson I'm just not gonna pay it dust and it's not giving me it's it's not giving me hope for a second season or a better second season for her. Um, granted, even Wendy, Wendy didn't really own her. That's Doctor Wendy to you moments to Ashley. Literally skipped right past it. So you know, it's not a total sign of what's to come, but I think it's not a good sign. That's what I will say. Um, but on another note, I do agree with everything you said. So I'm not gonna. You've put hit the nail on the head. Don't you think it's funny, yeah, how every time Juan and Michael are mentioned, their wives have this laugh. Like, guys, uh-uh, our, our answers. Our answers. Can I say what's even weirder to me? The wives' facial reactions always seem like they know what we know. Does that make sense? Like, Robin... Well, not no, but all the, the same thing, the same feelings and thoughts we have. What we think. They have them, and they're also trying to play it off cool. Because there was a moment where Robin was like, I don't know, when um, Andy was like, oh, but if they do get married, you know, they have their little weekend in Vegas. And Robin immediately looked uncomfortable, and she literally mumbled, I don't know about that. Robin feels it. And even the last episode where they went to that little lunch thing, Robin said in a confessional, I just don't understand like why he has this sauce for Michael. Like it's weird to me. I just don't get it. She sees it, but I feel like she's in denial. She's not saying it enough. And then even when he literally says, "Yeah, Michael said he would," like even when yeah, because Ashley tried to be like, "Oh no, but Michael has a," and he uh, said, "Oh well, he did little suck one's dick," and she just went, <laughs> "Like it's it's so strange to like." The things that have happened, I'm trying not to read into the things that have happened. I'm not going to read and say people are having what, what, what. But the way they just have this kind of, this reaction, it's like, am I missing? Like, is there something that if I go back to episode two, season, whatever, I'm going to clock this and I'm going to say, wow. So it's been under my nose the whole time. Because they act like this thing is under our nose. It's just no one said it. So... Um, I don't know. Um, it, it's very weird. I definitely agree. I also feel like how convenient is that they're always not there together? Like, how are they always both not there? And even then, before we get into they're not being there, 
I understand why Michael isn't there. Michael, his last reunion was the season four reunion when they were in all white. And, um, you know, they were kind of tearing into his ass because it was the one after the charges were dropped by the cameraman. But I get why he doesn't come because clearly he'd have to confront, you know, Candace, you know, he'd have to deal with a lot of the things that have happened head on. And, you know, there are a lot of them. But one has pretty much skirted through all these reunions pretty well and even um Robin's excuse for why he doesn't come on cast trips or whatever well you know being a black man in a white dominated space na 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 I don't think that experience I honestly don't think that experience is unique to one I think by virtue of being an American in a lot of different fields you are you know you are not you know the typical person in that field um even as reality stars these women they are my i swear i'm still i swear they're still part of a minority and as is um eddie as a lawyer as is wendy as a what's it called a news is it not not a news anchor political commentator political commentator um so robin to make that comments like yeah but that's not his experience alone like other people make that effort on married to medicine they are doctors they still go for cast trips so it's giving that there's more to it um that he either doesn't want to be there or maybe you know he could generally be busy but i think the explanation that she gave wasn't satisfactory he could have just said he's a very busy man and you know ray is able to come i mean obviously he's taking his time now child but I love I I love Ray. I will say I've always said Ray is just so cute. He's like my grandpa. I just wanna. Like he's literally like everyone's cute grandpa. You and can't he's hate. Smiling. You can't hate Ray. You can't. No, you I know. agree. Her explanation. You know, Nicki Minaj trying to steal him from Karen. Oh, I saw that video. I said, "Girl, you better hold on to him. You better hold on to your man." And Uncle Ray was just smiling the entire video. I said, Ooh. "Uncle Ray was mesmerized." Wow, blasha. <laughs> you were about to say um oh yes i was saying i also agree that the explanation didn't match um what she was trying to say i think um the reason itself for me anyway isn't entirely off and i'll say this for the reason that the explanation was off i think like you said if she just kept it to he's really busy because what i think is the the case with one is I think, and guys, this is, I don't, I don't know if allegedly, this, these are my, my thoughts. In my head, I imagine that he's not like the first coach, first of all, because I think coach is also working like this, the first coach or second coach, when it, well, first coach and assistant, something like that. And I think even that being said, I don't think he's a first coach for like a star college basketball team. Nonetheless, if it's not at a certain level, you probably have to work 10 times harder. I don't think it's limited to him being black in a white dominated space. Um, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I want to say he's not good, but like even in his prime, Juan wasn't like your Allen Iverson. Do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't your Allen Iverson in his prime. You were Shaq, you were this person, you are that person. Um, I think he stopped playing because of an injury. I think it was. I don't know if he just retired. Naturally, it was an injury. But nonetheless, he even at the peak of his career, he wasn't really like a name that everyone really would have been rolling off their tongues or everyone would have had it in their minds. You know? What I will say in defense to that, 
but you don't i feel like with the way american like stars are paid he was he was still they were probably millionaires still oh, no, probably, no, I, I, not, I definitely think they were still millionaires but not I, hanging out with like lebron or anyone but <laughs> you know they were still millionaires and they probably had a staff compliment quite a big house etc i think they had all that i think my main point is to say that career wise following um his basketball because remember in the early um seasons of potomac he did struggle in terms of getting back into work and finding a job that i think it must have been season two or three that eventually was not like he got this college coaching job now and now there's more money coming in and now things are a lot better and now he's also happy to be in the space so i think that being said if it was a bit of a struggle for him to get back into it and you maybe maybe have to work your way up you probably don't have the luxury of taking time off to go and film this reality tv show because chances are you're gonna have to prove that your priorities are straight even my not michael chris was even saying now not like he was obviously backing the claims that you know college world is pretty hectic it's pretty it's near enough all year round for the most part so i do i do think maybe they should give him that little bit of grace or maybe robin that bit of grace but i do think the reason that she gave doesn't match the situation and i don't think that's the right reason for what's happening i don't think like you said because if that's the case being a black lawyer in a predominantly white country that's difficult being a political commentator on a panel that's predominantly white which is on cnn that's difficult each person obviously has to make a sacrifice and then they give it field but like I said, I don't know, maybe there's another reason. And I don't really know if we'll ever get to the bottom of it, to be honest. We'll probably never find out. Um, yeah, not really sure. But yeah, like you said, I also think Juan hasn't had a very good edit this season. And he's probably just tired and doesn't want to be involved. In yeah, that too. Because she mentioned how that day they had the argument, he came back. And I remember that specific day, he got even more backlash, like obviously from the fans and the viewers and stuff. So I think all those things, somebody could obviously go to be like, forget this show, like whatever. I'm not, not worth. Yeah, it's not worth it because at the end of the day, it's not nice to feel like you're constantly a target. And, you know, we're seeing a give or take, what, eight to, no, not eight, maybe like 10 to 15 episodes of these people's, yeah. So it's yeah. for the filming season and which the filming season is probably like three to five months, if that. That's all we're seeing out of these people like a full calendar year. So that is obviously not an accurate depiction. And even then it's in one, a one hour increment. So even if it's 15 episodes, you've seen 15 hours of a year. In some and, even then, and even then it's not like the whole hour is... Um... You know, it's focused on one person's life. So it is very difficult and for someone to feel like, you know, we probably are misconstrued or, mis- or they misunderstood. I would also get why someone's like, do you know what? I'm not going to put myself in this situation, which maybe is bad for their mental health or just how they feel. If they don't feel nice, no one is going to knowingly put themselves in a situation and be like, I'm not going to feel nice after this. Um, so yeah, for him. <laughs> I honestly think that's probably all we have for you guys this week. Um, don't forget to get in touch with us on Instagram and Twitter at R-E-A-L-I-T-Y-C-H-K-P-O-D and the hashtag is the same 
get hashtagging, get involved in the conversation. We'd like to know your thoughts. What did you agree with? What did you disagree with? What do you want us to watch? What would you like us to discuss? That's it from us, guys. Bye. Bye.